All righty. Well, welcome to this Her Voice Movement podcast. I am so excited. Did you hear my voice? I'm I so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited because I have my friend, Pastor Amira Russo, and she would prefer to be called Amira because I know her well enough that she would just say, oh, just call me Amira. But she is one of God's finest women on the earth. And I believe that with all of my heart, Amira, you are so precious to the kingdom of God. And I'm so excited about what you are going to give the ladies that God cares so much about, those that are listening to this podcast, they are in for a huge treat. So I want to share just how I met you really quick. It's only been a year and a half, which is wild. I feel like I've known you my whole life, but we met at a birthday party and we just hit it off right away. And then I remember in our conversation, you said, oh dear, okay, can we go pray? And I sensed an urgency on you to go pray. And I thought, mm, this is my girl right here. <laughs> this is my girl right here. I love this. And we scooted around the corner, you know, because everyone's in the kitchen and eating and all sorts of things, which was great. And they're all believers, of course. But we went around the corner and just began to pray with another amazing lady. And um, you went into travailing prayer, which we're going to get to today. And I want every listener and viewer to please hang on and follow us through this whole conversation, because I believe that God wants to impart to us the gift of travailing prayer. And most of us haven't even heard about that. Don't or maybe we've heard and we don't know what it is. We're not really familiar with it, but I believe, and I felt it in my gut, Amira, that God wants to bring back travailing prayer because of the hour that we are in in the kingdom and how he just wants us to see the kingdom come on earth. So Amira, I love you so much. Thank you for being here today. I would love for you just to introduce yourself. How did you and uh, Pastor Dominic, how did you come into the ministry? They are the pastors of Oakland Church in Rochester, Michigan, which I'm super pumped about. We'll be there for a Her Voice rally here in just a few weeks. But maybe just share a little bit how you got into ministry, a little bit of your background, and then we're going to go into more of how travailing prayer has been just a really significant part of your life. Absolutely. I'm so honored to be on your show. And I love you, Jenny. I love your heart. I love your passion. I love your the tenacity that you have, the drive, the mandate that's on your life, and you follow it and you obey. And that's beautiful. I really thank do. You. I'm excited about her voice movement rally, too. It's going to be yeah, wonderful. Thank you. So Pastor and I just celebrated 40 years of marriage and ministry. And I'll take you back really, really quick. So probably about 42 years ago, my dad was Muslim. My mom was Lutheran. My mother got born again. She invited us to church. All five of us kids got radically saved that night and my life was never the same so at the altar of the church beautiful little church saint Clair shores assembly of god i love that church i love what it did for me my family my future when it's done for my children and all the people in that church who are serving god to this day all five of us got born again i met not only jesus christ who is now my lord and savior for over 42 years but i met my husband pastor dominic at the altar he had just graduated from rama bible training center and my mom used to come home and tell me about him at church and i go mom he's a bible scholar i'm a disco queen <laughs> that was when i, I was that. 
I always stayed a really nice girl though, because my dad was Muslim and he instilled fear in me. I'm not saying it was the right way, but it worked for me just to stay a really nice girl. So I had that little dancing outlet just to go through my parents' divorce until the greatest thing happened. A soul winner ministered to my mother and asked her to come visit her to ask her to come for her to go to church. And that night, my life was never the same because when we went to church, I was born again and my life changed. Pastor and I, um, we dated for a year. All of a sudden, we were asked to be in youth ministry. He said yes. And 40 years later, from youth ministry to associate pastor to senior pastor, now um, pastoring, like I said, for 40 years, we just celebrated last year. So That's incredible. And I just have to stop and say, I honor your husband as well. When he, when I first met him, you know, it was like two words in the anointing on him and the, the gift, the father's anointing is all over him. And he had an opportunity to speak at the Orange County rally last year and really impacted the ladies there in Orange County. So that was a huge gift. I I really just honor the gift on you guys and the anointing in your life. And I know you've been through a lot. I do want to say something that is just, it's incredible to me. When I first met Amira at that birthday party, her and I, you know, through prayer and then through conversation, she'd asked about my family and I just mentioned my kids. And I really think it was just through the Holy Spirit drawing you. You said, well, I'm going to pray for Hannah and Hannah's my oldest and Amira had no idea in the natural that my precious Hannah was going through just her own personal wrestling with Jesus and with her life. And she loves Jesus, but you know, there is a time as a teenager that you start going, okay, (laughs) who is this Jesus to me? I know who this Jesus is to my mom and dad, but who is this Jesus to me? And I, I thought, Okay, when you said that, Amira, I believed you. Yes, I did. You said, I'm going to pray for Hannah. And I believed you. I thought, this woman is not kidding. She is not just saying a Christian phrase that's great to say, oh, I'll pray for them, whatever. I felt like help was on the way. That's what I felt. I felt God kiss my forehead and say, sweetheart, I'm on it. She is covered. And I'm sending a travailing prayer warrior to her side. And then the other thing that amazed me is I know I knew that you and your husband had a, a large church. There is no small thing that you're doing there in Rochester, Michigan, and you have your son's ministry that is global. And I'm thinking, who am I? I'm just the girl at the birthday party. And this woman is going to pray for my daughter. I, I thought that was amazing because you didn't have to do that. But yet the Holy Spirit has your heart and there's this surrendered anointing on you, Amira. And that's what I, I, let's get into travailing prayer. Let's get into this because you and I were talking offline before I pressed record. And I thought, man, we just need to start recording. We're just talking about it right now. (laughs) But you said that it's the surrender, it's the yielding. So I really want to get down to that, but maybe let's start here. What is travailing prayer? Do you have any experience or story to tell us maybe the first time it happened to you? 
or maybe maybe just describe what is traveling prayer how how have you experienced it and then we'll get into more specifics of what what it really is well first of all traveling prayer is bible it's bible so let's read the scripture first to back up what we're going to be what we're going to talk about so it's romans 8 26 and 27 and the holy spirit helps us in our weakness for example we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Holy Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Praise God. So, so it, it just lines up. There's so many times we don't know how to pray. So I was sharing like you said offline about last tuesday we were praying for one of our team members and she needs a miracle and we started praying in english and then i'm like all of a sudden i went oh i called sometimes my kids growing up they went oh no there's the oh, oh i'd say oh oh and they knew exactly what was happening <laughs> like oh, oh mom's going in travail so i just it's like this you just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit and then there's no more English and all of a sudden these groanings come in you and it's just, it's like just working in you to pray out the perfect will of God. You are, your spirit is talking to God's spirit and it's praying the perfect will of God out. So it was probably, my husband was like, that was almost an hour during our team meeting. I'm like, you're kidding me. I literally went on my knees, thank God for my husband because he helps me pray it. It was, it's harder for me sometimes when I go in uh, a travail for someone that it was giving birth to a child and that's what you're doing you are birthing something you are in transition it's like you these birthing pains are happening and then different words will come words of wisdom words of knowledge scriptures will come and during that whole like 45 minutes to one hour when i was travailing for my precious liz i felt like we need to come against fear so we so i'd say pray for fear right now and then i would just go into that that travail was still going on we were coming about that then scriptures would come to me and i um i'd shout those out to the team and we'd pray those scriptures out and i believe something so supernatural took place we're gonna we're gonna hear good reports for our precious liz in jesus name so yes it's something you make up it just like happens it's like we talked about obedience and yielding over to it like on sunday um we also prayed for liz in our church service and we anointed her with oil we had the elders bible say call the elders and then um there's another girl there's actually two lizards in our church list and ll is like an intercessor i was like really really praying and all of a sudden liz came over and a tra travailing prayer came on her and it was almost like I went into like a rest period because the travail went on to her. So it was like this backup came up. It was really powerful. Wow. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because you really do um, give out a lot when you are travailing. I've broken blood vessels because you are just like, you're in this travail that is like, you can't make it up. It just happens. <laughs> and That's it's right. so beautiful right. to feel to it. So, yeah, one of the things that is so interesting about travail is there's a point where you go into pray and then all of a sudden you're giving you're given a choice whether you are going to pull back from it and not enter in to travail or you surrender and yield totally and one thing that the holy spirit has told me that's helpful because when you surrender and you yield you don't have any control. You don't have, it's, it's called this 
this miracle or whatever's being shifted in heaven and earth is actually going through my body and going through my groaning and growing through my aching. And so I have to give way to this. And the Holy Spirit has told me this, Jenny, your dignity is worth nothing. <laughs> because I think that's the only thing that we might want to hang on to. Maybe there's more, maybe it's fear. Maybe it's fearful. Do. Yes, like, go ahead. Speak to this. Speak to this because I, I believe a lot of people felt the invitation travail, but maybe just need help crossing over into that place where they can just completely yield or surrender to that. Yeah, I think it's it's totally a surrender and obedience. And there's times when I'm like, oh, oh, and I just sometimes I just remove myself from a room. There's a time, you know, I just you just really have to be led by the spirit with it. And I'll just move myself. I, I've travailed in bathrooms before. Because I, I was in an area like conversations were being made. And all of a sudden, maybe my son came in my heart. He was on the mission field. And I'm like, oh, dear. And I literally have gone in public bathrooms and just been interviewed in a stall. Yeah. To obey the Lord. Because it I know. Sounds like, it sounds like the Holy Spirit has found you interruptible. <laughs> <laughs> because what I'm hearing is that this isn't just your prayer time. This isn't just okay, the church is getting together, we're in corporate prayer, which it happens there too. But it right. sounds to me like you're just going about your day and you're just, you know, doing what we need to do in life and you have been found interruptible. Did you have to practice to get there? Is that something that you had to, it had to become a part of your life or how, tell me about the process of you first getting gripped by travail and how this worked for you. It's been years. I mean, I remember one time, I, I think I might have shared this at your conference last year. I was in the car with my son and we were on the road and my husband was in Orlando with our whole team. He was at one of these men's conferences. He was with our whole men's pastoral team. All of a sudden I'm like, Jonathan, oh no. He's like, I had to pull over the car because it was dark out. It was night and it was a dark area. And I went into veil later that night, my husband called me and he said, right at that time when I went in travail, the whole restaurant was at gunpoint and our whole team was on the floor. On the oh. floor. And it said that man left, he didn't hurt anyone, but he went to another restaurant and shot someone. Wow. So it really isn't obedient. You, I mean, honestly, it's surrendering and being obedient. But I can't remember. It's, been, it's just been a part of my world. I've been saved for over 42 years and I've loved yeah. prayer. My whole heart is because somebody led me to Jesus that I wanted to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be a witness and lead other people to the Lord and to be bold. And then yeah. I pray for people. And then I, as, as pastors, we get a lot of prayer requests and just intercessory prayer. I find myself just interceding for someone and all of a sudden that groaning would just come up out of me and just yeah. yield interceding for someone so that's a that's so beautiful that just so also it's I, what i'm catching from you is that you've done this long enough you have some experience with it that god is not just having you do a religious thing like oh here i am travailing because i'm a christian no you know that something between heaven and earth and potentially hell is at war. Something is needing power and shifting. And so you, you understand that and that urgency overrides yes. maybe your human desire to say, well, this is a bad time. 
I'm <laughs> at the mall. <laughs> like I'm just at the grocery store or I'm at my friend's oh. house right now or I'm out to eat, right? So you must know yeah. that something important is happening in the unseen realm or the seen realm, right? Like you explained with the restaurant, like something is happening. And so whatever I'm doing has to take second place exactly. to what God wants to shift in the atmosphere. Do you have any other experiences that you can draw upon to share about just travailing prayer and things that have happened through that? Yeah, well, actually, my son, Dominic, this was years ago. He was on a, on the mission field, and he did the big crusades back then, like the old-fashioned crusades, like in the foreign countries. I couldn't tell you which one it was. I don't know if it was Guatemala, Dominican. But um, all of a sudden, we were out that night. I came home. I'm like, we need to pray for Dominic. It was like about 9 o'clock. I go, we need to pray for Dominic. He's so on my heart. I literally was in my living room on my knees, and Terrell came forth. And then after, he's like, Mom. He goes, I had texted him, Don, we're praying for you. He goes, I go, I told him what time I was praying. He goes, at that point, I needed strength to pray for the miracles. He had no strength in him. And he goes, wow. all of a sudden, he felt sense of strength, and he was able to just pray, and all these miracles took place. So I didn't obey that. Who wow. knows what happened? So it's just, there's one time my father-in-law he went through several strokes, um, heart attack, I mean, like open heart surgeries, and he had to go in for this very serious surgery. And it was, um, they've never, it was like to unclog an artery that they've only done like so many times in the whole United States. And I wasn't even sure what time it was, but all of a sudden I was at home and my son happened to be home that day. I'm like, oh, Jonathan, we need to pray. And I went into a travailing prayer. And I guess it was at that time the doctors had come out and said, I don't know if we can do this or not, but it was the, it was the same time that that travail came on me. So to me, that was like a life or death. God yeah. will just use a willing, you know, for willing and obedient. That's been my whole life. I just want to obey Him. Every day I wake up, I say, "Lord, use me." At oh. night, I, I I've said I say in the middle of the night to Lord, Holy Spirit, wake me up if you need me to intercede for someone. I've been up sometimes four or five hours in the middle of the night. Just like I'll wake up and I'm like, okay, who is it, Lord? And then I'll just start going through a list. And then when that gusher comes, I'm like, this is who it's for. I just go mm -hmm. in for him. So it's just really a life of just surrender, yielding. Um, what what Jesus did for me, what can I do to help someone? It's like to help someone else get set free, to help someone else get an answered prayer. So that's well, I just want everybody to know you're listening to a woman who is extremely active has a lot of people in her church and could easily justify, I've got enough on my plate. I need full eight hours of sleep. <laughs> you, could, you could easily do that. And you know what, Jesus would love you just the same, right? But I'm, I'm infected by your laid down life, Amira. You know, we talk about, we wanna be laid down lovers of Christ. You really are that and I know you don't think you're anything special and you're you know you're extremely humble um because you just love Jesus so much that your life is not yours. I, I see that that your life is not your own and you also have the ability to display excellence because sometimes people say well if my life is not my own I'm just gonna you know, let my life go. I'm going to let myself go. I'm going to let my health go, <laughs> you know, and that's not laying your life down. That's, that's a whole nother conversation, but I just, 
I just love seeing you as a living example because sometimes when we see somebody in travail or see somebody living a life laid down and we hear the stories and we get to peek into their life, that ends up being the message the Holy Spirit uses to plant a seed in us to get us to say, wait a minute, there is more, right? Most people listening to this know there is more, there is more, but it's not in picking up our own life. It's in laying more of it down. And that's, that's really, really special. I do have a question for you. You know, you, you and your husband have discipled so many people. What would you say that you witness for people who can't quite dig into a real authentic prayer life? You know, they just kind of dance around it because it feels like an obligation or it feels inconvenient or it feels stale, but, and they can't quite. And, you know, of course, our hope and our prayers that everybody listening will get to a place where they just fall in love with this communion, this conversation, this oneness with God, because that is prayer. But what have you witnessed in people who really don't have a prayer life? It's probably a pretty loaded question, but what, what have you seen? Well, they're always, it's, I was just with someone yesterday. I had, um, I don't want to say who it is, just in case you ever listen yeah, to sure. an appointment. And he's asking me like how I do it. Like, how do I do it? Like in my position? And he's like a very well-known person in the area. And I, Pastor and I always say, I don't, we don't know how he does it. He's a Christian, but I'm not sure if he's really going to church right now. So I just laid out the whole thing about prayer. Here I am this doctor's visit when I really needed all my questions answered, but I gave, I probably talked to him 20 minutes straight on what he needs to do. This morning I said in Bible podcast, I said him the word of God. I told him to get his Bible out told me he has to pray. I go, I can do everything you're telling me to do, but it's not going to work because the icing of the cake is your relationship with Lord and praying every day and having that quiet time. Because if you don't have that, you don't have anything, especially in this day and hour. We need to double up on it even more. I mean, yes. the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We, we do it because it's like, I don't know what I do without my Lord. I don't know what I do without my my savior, my relationship with him and my time with him. Those days, let's just say, if they're not, if I don't get as much as I need, I mean, I feel it during the day. It's like, I need to keep myself filled up to overflowing, just like you were giving out all the time. But there, people have that. There's so much anxiety. There's so much um, fear out there right now. And it's like, that's why they need Jesus even more. And they need that relationship. We told this one couple, I know I'm rabbit railing the other day that was having marriage problems. I said, if you will get to church for two months straight, not miss a Sunday, and you will open your Bible and read it, and you will pray every day, your life will be changed. I saw them. It's probably been about six weeks in now. Their life has changed already. It's so simple. It's right in front of us. It's so simple. It's like, open your Bible and read it. <laughs> Listen to it. There's so many different ways you can access the Bible, but that's our, that's our love letter to us. It's the written word of God that changes things, that sets us free. And then just praying. Some people go, I don't know how to pray. It's just talking to God. It's declaring his word, putting him in remembrance what his word is. So I know it's not, it's like, it's just simple, simple things that, you know, people I think make it harder than what it really is. Mm -hmm. I think so. And I think a religious spirit mm -hmm. is so oppressive 
Yeah. And it demands and it pulls and it says, okay, you need to get in your reading time and you need to do it every day. And if you don't do it for an hour, then it didn't count. You know, it, it's this religious oppressive spirit that it's based on performance, mm -hmm. not relationship. And a religious spirit will steal the intimacy with the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit because it demands us to perform for God yeah. to get love from him, which is not the gospel message. Right. Jesus already laid down his life for us, proving his love for us, establishing his love. He erased our past. He completely cleansed us of all sin. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to feel guilty. And we certainly don't have to earn his love. He earned it through the death of his son, Jesus Christ, so that's the perfect sacrifice. And then the resurrection power that we get to partake in because of Jesus defeating death. And he rose on the third day after he was crucified. And so what Jesus did for us and his resurrection, you know, he tore the veil, right? Amira, he tore the veil. We get to walk right into the presence of God. And I believe that people listening to this, as simple as this message is, I believe that there will be people that listen to this and say, hold on a minute. This isn't about me doing religious things. This isn't about me checking the travail box. This is about me walking right into the presence of God because there is no veil. There is no curtain. There is no higher priest mm -hmm. that goes before us because Jesus is our high priest. He already went in front of us. He made a way and he made it possible through our belief that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have been found righteous. That's wild. Jenny, who is still kind of fumbling through life, still trying to do the best I can, but I've said yes, I've laid my life down. That doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I don't have to be performing for Christ. I just want to be one with them. And what I'm hearing from you, Amira, is that your priority is to be one with Christ. Yes. Amen. Not one with performing for the world or performing for God, but you just want to be with him and you have found yeah. his spirit to be satisfying. It is. You have found the person of Jesus Christ to satisfy your inner being. And I just feel it off of you. I sense it off of you. And so you're thinking, how, how do you not pray? How do you not go to God? And I think, I think Right now, I hear the Holy Spirit say, I am rerouting my daughters. We're going to get off the freeway of performing for God. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take a side road. And we're going to take a little gravel road. And then we're going to get out of the car and we're going to go on a hike. And we're going to go through an adventure trail. And I'm going to take you into my spirit where you might climb over a tree that's fallen over. You might find a little bench with a rose sitting there waiting for you and your time with me. You might find a little beautiful blue lake waiting for you just mm -hmm. to walk into and refresh yourself with me. See, I see, I hear God say, I have a trail marked out for every woman here that is unique to her, that is not it's not possible for you to perform. It's not possible for you to carve out. It's an adventure and a relationship with me that is beautiful. It is deep. It is healing. It is anchoring. And it is supernatural. 
And so I just sense that God wants to refresh our prayer life with him. And he wants it to be so incredibly exciting. Amen. Yeah, I just yes. sense that. So we thank you for that, God. Yes. We thank you. We thank you. And let's just recap. And I'm going to take those instructions that you gave that precious couple. And I'm going to take them for me. And I want everybody listening to take it for yourself. If you will get in a church that believes the whole Bible mm -hmm. and preaches Jesus, lets the Holy Spirit have a relationship with the church, if you will attend services weekly, become part of a family, mm -hmm. meet people, introduce yourself, find somebody that wants to go to coffee, be you. Don't take your mask into church. Just be you, be the best you and also be the real you. And I'm hearing God say, just come. I have a family for you. Amen. Relax. That's what I'm hearing God say, come into the house of God and just relax. Amen. And then those other days of the week, we're in the word of God and we're looking at the word of God. And you said it, Pastor Amira, you said it changes us Amen. and it brings us freedom. Those are the words you said. It changes us Amen. and it brings us freedom. Those aren't just words that we say, because I'm a Christian, I read these words. No, this is changing me. Yes. This is freeing me. This is transforming me. These words are alive. They are powerful. They are living. And these words, as I read them and as I say them out loud, they are shaping me Amen. into the image of Christ. Yes. And all of a sudden, I'm just a little more joyful, a little more patient, a little more gentle. And then we decide to give ourselves over to prayer. I, I really believe that travail is giving ourselves over to it. You know, yeah. I can have coffee with somebody, Amira, and you have coffee with somebody and we just kind of keep our distance, right? We just kind of, okay, you know, all right, we'd have a little conversation and we just leave. Or we could have coffee with somebody and we're leaning in and we're listening and then yeah. we're sharing our story and then we're interrupting each other. And it's just this really exciting conversation. I hear God say, I don't want to just have this boring little, you know, check the box coffee appointment with you. I want us to lean in and I want to hear from you. What do you want to say to me, daughter? What do you, what do you want to just, what dreams do you have? What uh, grievances, what sadness, what sorrow, what what do you have inside of you that you just want to spill out on the table to me? And I'm going to lean in and then I have some things I want to share with you. And I want you to just engage with me. And you said it eight weeks of somebody doing that. You are absolutely right. Their life is going to be changed. <laughs> you know, face their countenance. It's like you're transformed yes. into his yeah. image. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it, it's funny because we see people who are walking in such faith, like you and your husband and other, you know, we know so many people and people want to say, well, what's their secret? How, how do they look and feel so much like Jesus? What, what are they doing that I don't know? They're everything that we just said is what they're doing. They've given themselves over to prayer. They've given themselves over to the word of God and they've decided to bond with the family of God on a regular basis, bonding with each other. Do you have any last minute, um, any last minute thoughts about this subject of travailing prayer or anything else that you think is helpful? 
Well, yeah, just when you're talking about like church, I mean, there's not, you can you can do church online, but there's something about coming together and gathering because in his presence is fullness of joy. But the body of Christ says, don't forsake the assembling together. There's something that happens when you come together. You're worshiping together. It's just so powerful. It's so powerful. It really is. You know what just came to me, Amira, is my daughter's in Southern California at ministry school. And so I like looking at her Instagram mm -hmm. and I like looking at her stories she posts because I get to like peek in and see what she's doing and going, oh, she went to Disney with her friends today. That's awesome. And I'm getting to watch her, right? Yeah. But this week I'm going to visit her Aww. and there is no comparison between watching her online being with her and grabbing her and her grabbing me and us hugging each other yeah. and going and have a meal together and just talking about nothing for two hours. This, this is the family of God. We cannot do family online. I praise God for anything that runs over social media that runs online. Thank God for it, but it does not replace relationship and nothing can, you know, the cross, it is vertical and horizontal. Yes. And right before COVID, Amira, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you and, and we'll be done here in just a minute. We have a couple more things. We'll pray for everybody. But I saw the cross. This is right before the pandemic. And it didn't make sense to me what I saw. I saw the enemy grabbing the horizontal bar. Mm. And he was attempting to dismantle the cross bar of the cross. And he was mad and he was frustrated and he was wiggling it. Now, of course, you can't dismantle the cross. The cross is a finished work. But he was trying to dismantle it. And he said, fine, fine. Have your oneness with God. Have the vertical, you and him. But I'm going after the horizontal. Hmm. I'm going to take away your relationship with other believers. And it hit me in that, wait a minute. The cross is not only our personal relationship with Christ. It is a body of believers that is an army. And when we come together and we worship God together in all of our imperfections, but we come together in, the, in, the, in one purpose, and that is to know God. And have him, we find, we will find God and he knows us and we are one with him, but, but shoulder to shoulder, there's something that is complete in the horizontal and the vertical. And then here comes the pandemic mm. and we all have to stand six feet apart from each other. And here he goes and shutting down churches. And I went, oh, there it is. That that's what you were showing me. Mm -hmm. And so everyone having to stand apart from each other and, you know, shutting down churches and that kind of thing, you know, that really was an attempt of the enemy to try to dismantle the power of the cross. And when you get in relationship, not only with God, that's, that's first, you know, you can't put a crossbar on a cross without the vertical going in first, right? The vertical has to yeah. go in and yeah. then the crossbar, right? I believe that that's the order. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe there's some people on here that love the family of God, they love all, but they really don't have a vertical relationship with him, mm -hmm. right? But he wants us to be complete in both. Yes, amen. He wants us to be complete in both. And there's power, not just good emotions and 
right. fun memories we're making and nice times together, but there's power in the connection with God in the connection with other believers. So there's many people on here listening, I can feel it, who are going to get back in church. And yeah. they're not just going to go to check the box. They're going to go because they actually really enjoyed sitting next to so-and-so. And I yeah. actually want to go see them again. I want to go have coffee with the gal that I really thought her and I kind of hit it off at church. I want to implore everybody on here, mm-hmm. get in church, get with the family of God, mm-hmm. just devour the word of God. Yes. And then pray and let those guttural prayers come out of you like a roar. Let those guttural prayers come out of you, ladies. If you've had a baby, you know what I'm talking about. You don't (laughs) talk through that. You roar through it. You travail through having a baby. That is my experience with travailing prayer as well. Okay, last question for you. Have you seen anything while you've been praying for the Michigan rally, anything that's come to you that God has shown you or or even just asked you to pray about or expect for the rally. We are we are really looking forward to it. And we've been praying our, on our end, of course. But anything that you want to share that you're seeing on your end? I just know once the people walk in those doors, there's like their life is going to be changed. I just know that. It's like he's I keep saying he's going to do surgery on all of us. It's like he's going to just I call it like oil changes. We're going to get realigned and just fixed. And I'm just so excited. We've we're praying for it too on, on our end. Um, I spoke on a, spoke about it on Sunday for our announcement, gave a verbal, and I just said, get ladies, get out there. I, my my biggest thing is like sitting there going, so-and-so should have been here. I go invite people to come because we all need this right now. We need to gather together, hear what the word of the Lord is going to say, and we're all going to get fixed. We all need to be fixed, right? So from the inside out, we're going to be set. The sun sets free is free indeed. So we're excited about it. Amen. Well, thank you so much for hosting it. And please tell your staff. I mean, we'll see them when we come, but please tell them we have such respect for them. And we know that they are good soil and your family is, is trustworthy and you guys love God so much. And we're very excited to see what happens in your beautiful church. And we know that heaven is going to invade that place. Yeah. Heaven is heaven is going to come like a wind from every direction. Yeah. I can feel it. I can yeah. feel it. It's going to be so beautiful. So praise God. Well, thank you so much for being my guest here today, Pastor Amira. I love you so much. I'm very thankful that you were on here. And I'm so thankful for all the ladies and gentlemen who will be listening to this podcast. And they will be able to just really get that strong urgency and that grip in their heart for prayer with our Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. Love you so much. Thank you for being on here. Love you too. God bless you. Thanks. Bye-bye.